Hi, I'm Councilman Luis Del Toro, and this is episode 8 of Alchemix Drinks and Discourse. Here at Seven Hills, and this is episode eight of Alchemix Drinks and Discourse. Uh, Drinks and Discourse is going to be the segment of where we talk to local business owners or other representatives in the city of Dubuque right now, which we might actually widen to closer towns. But for right now, we have Luis. He's the current councilman of Ward Two in Dubuque, That's right. and he is currently rerunning. Uh, for that position here in November. Well, you're currently running now, right? And then correct. Yes. Correct. All right. Yeah. Awesome. So first, we're going to get started with our drink. This is Strawberry Fields. This is created by not me, uh, by our uh, one of our other awesome bartenders, Brian. Um, it's a what do we have in here? We have tequila respirado, strawberry puree, strawberry syrup, orange bitters. And then some soda water. So super easy, simple tequila, strawberry cocktail. So you ready to give it a whirl? Why not? Why not, right? Cheers. Cheers. So what do you think? Uh, it's good. It's good. It's it's got a. It's not too strong. Right. Uh, you know, I think all the different flavors kind of blend in really well. Uh, you can yep. taste a little bit of the tequila, but like I said, it's not too <laughs> strong. And uh, yeah. And you can definitely taste the. You know. Right. It's not like a margarita where you tequila front end and a bunch of sour. No, back, no. I can see this being actually a dangerous drink because yeah. it doesn't really I think come a lot of, very strong. Yeah. I, this is probably one of the drinks where people order multiple versions of it, right? They get like three of them and I'm like, sure. it's probably because they can't taste tequila. You know? <laughs> right. So it's a right. dangerous and a great thing altogether. You betcha. But awesome. Well, so uh, like we said earlier, you're, uh, you have your second term. Right. Hopefully. So hopefully, hopefully coming up. November, well, you're yeah. running for your second term, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, coming up, and that and that uh, is going to be November, correct? Normal. Election is November fifth. November fifth. Awesome. Right. So, to give maybe some people a history about yourself, is sure. you're not originally from Dubuque, correct? No, no. I was actually born in uh, Texas, in San okay. Antonio, and uh, throughout my career, it's kind of brought me further into the Midwest. Right. Uh, so I've lived a bit in uh, Tennessee, in Nashville. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Nashville is where I met my my wife. Okay. Uh, Leslie, who is a native Dubuqueer. Okay. So, um, you know, when we first met, uh, we were together for a number of years. Uh, we're driving home a lot. Uh, you know, decided we wanted to get closer to her home. Right. Uh, and that's what brought us actually to Milwaukee, Wisconsin first. Day. Okay. And we were there for a few years. Right. Uh, but then as our relationship continued, we ended up getting married, started talking about family, you know, kind of finding the right place to kind of set our roots. Right. Um, start and, uh, you know, Dubuque was at the top of the list. And when did you guys move here? We moved here in 2007. Okay. Have you always had a career interest in politics then or? No, no. What actually, got, What got that, you started then? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I was, I just consider myself like your average citizen who. Sure. Is just really concerned about you know the future that we're creating for our children. Sure, right. And and you know the future that that uh, you know we want to have them grow up in. Right. And uh, when I came to Dubuque, you know it was in the early 2000s initially before we physically moved here. Okay. And Dubuque was undergoing a, a great renaissance. It right. was you know really kind of reviving itself. Uh, the port was really coming to shape. Yep. Uh, and it was just really coming back to life. You know okay. from from the 
you know, dreary days of the 80s. Yeah. You know, and, and it seemed like it, it was back on track and things were going well. Yeah. Um, I know when I, I lived here in the mid-2000s for four or five years, and I could kind of see it starting out. Like, I never knew what it used to be, but start seeing it starting to grow. Moved away for 10 years, came back two years ago, and I'm just skyrocketed what they've been doing community-wise. You oh, know? absolutely. From the first time I actually came to Dubuque, which was in late, uh, I think it was 2001, right. when I first made my visit to Dubuque, and to remember what it was then yeah. to what it is today, I mean, it's just amazing the transformation that's gone on, and, mm -hmm. and obviously that's taken a lot of work and dedication from a lot of individuals. Right, exactly. What was, uh, what was your first, uh, I guess, what made you want to get into being a councilman? You know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different uh, political titles or jobs out there, but what, sure. what, what did you see as I can make a difference being a councilman or, you know, or what was the decision thought process behind that? Sure. Uh, well, for me, it was all about just trying to be the voice of the people, Okay. you know, cause, uh, as a citizen myself, I know, uh, what it's like to have to reach out to your elected representatives sure. whenever you have an issue or you need yep. to kind of try to help. And, uh, you know, for me, I found that, uh, you know, at least at that time in 2015, it seemed that we had a little bit of a disconnect okay. where I think it was harder for citizens to really get their point across because I think it had become more of uh, the city leadership leading the direction as opposed to listening to the citizens of Dubuque right. and allowing them to be part of the process and, and getting us to, to where we want to be. Gotcha. Okay. And so when you did that or when you were thinking that and then, I mean, obviously you told your wife, you know, and yep. what was... Uh, Obviously, she's supportive of your decision, right, to do that? Um, well, initially, not so much, surprisingly. <laughs> right, okay. You know, maybe that's what a lot of candidates go through. But, right. um, you know, we do have two young sons. Okay. Um, you know, so at that point, they were five and six. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot to consider. Yep. Uh, and our oldest son is on autism spectrum as well. So okay. just a lot of time, and it just takes, you know, a, a team sure. effort at home. Uh, so knowing that I may have to be away a lot, you know, kind of weighed into that. Mm -hmm. um, but after really sitting down and, and just sharing my why, Right. Uh, which was, you know, to try to yeah. make a better community and to really speak for not only our own family, but other families who really just, in my opinion, hadn't been heard in a long time. Right. Um, I just felt it was the right thing to do. Right. And uh, after that, you know, she was more supportive of that. Uh, right. And then, you know, from there, it's kind of, I guess, the rest is history. I mean, if you could sell your wife on the d idea of selling strangers on the idea of you, picking you as a councilman, is way easier, I bet, huh? Well, I think that's the first vote you got to get. You know, <laughs> right. you can you can get them to, uh, or, or your wife to, to support your effort and to believe in, in really why you're trying to do something. Right. Um, I think everything else is just kind of, you know, makes it easier. Sure. Cool. I mean, that's awesome. Having support from your family. Obviously you have support from all of your family, but she, yeah. you're most, it's most of your family live probably not in Iowa anymore. Correct. Correct. So, but I mean, they obviously support you in, in this oh, journey. Absolutely. Then. Awesome. Been. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So what are, during your first term, um, the past four years, what do you think are some of the biggest accomplishments that, you, uh, that you're proud of that you're able to make changes with? Well, I think the one that's got to be right at the top of the list for me is the change in public input that we accomplished for our city council agendas. Okay. Uh, previously, you could only speak at the end of the meetings, and you had five minutes, and you couldn't oh, wow. speak to anything that was on that night's agenda, so we would have already deliberated anyway. But... Uh, by changing this process, it now allowed citizens to, to have a voice and to be able to speak to the council, not only on future items, uh, right. but items yet to be considered that night, okay. action items. Okay. Uh, and I thought that was huge. Uh, yeah. Because though we may make a lot of efforts to try to obtain public input, 
um, not everyone can always attend those meetings. Sure. And if you only have one or two opportunities, uh, why not you know, just leave it open for them to be able to come to a council meeting and, and speak their mind? I mean, I guess to me that would seem like that would have already been a thing, right? Like where they were able to speak their mind when they need to and not at the end and not about anything that hasn't gone on yet. Sure, but, sure. I mean, and, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. And I think the other thing too is, you know, because it was at the end of the meeting, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you never knew when that was. It could have been in an hour and a half. It could be three hours later. Oh, wow. So, you know, for those that have families, it's hard for them to really come out sure. and to sit there for an undetermined amount of time. And now that we've moved it up towards the beginning or further to the beginning of the agenda, mm -hmm. now it allows more individuals that opportunity to come in maybe within 30 minutes or 45 minutes sure. at the start of our meeting. They'll That's be able great. to get their time and then they can go on and, and deal, you know, take care right. of whatever they need to that evening. So when you first got into office till that guy changed, what was the time like? Is that something you worked on right away or is that like you waited like a year or so into your term? No, actually that was pretty quick. Okay. Um, I'd say that was recommended in about eight, uh, I'm sorry, February. Okay. Of, so like so three just two months, months in, yeah. I thought it was really important to kind of pursue that. Um, and it had been talked about previously, but no action had been taken. Sure. Um, so I was glad to be able to come in and just kind of further that discussion. Uh, we were able to ultimately get some support for that. And right. in April um, is really when it moved forward. It okay. really started to move forward. Um, it came with an additional change, which was uh, the meeting time moved up from 6.30 to 6. Okay. Um, so that was a little more of a discussion on that one just because we have uh, work sessions that start prior to. Okay. And, you know, there was some concern, at least from my end and, and others, that you know, how far forward can you push those? Right. You know, 445, 5 o'clock, eventually that starts cutting into your, your day jobs and, right. and your employees really want need you to be there. Right. Um, and uh, so it took a little, uh, little work to kind of come up with a resolution, but I think ultimately we just moved the work sessions to an alternate night. Right. And that alleviated any of the concerns we had. I mean, that's pretty fast. I mean, six, within six months you had it basically changed and ready to go, you know, for the public, right? I mean. Sure. Oh, that was, and that was one of the big things I yeah. ran on, you know, because again, you know, I think cities that um, are receptive and allow citizens to be part of the process, I think are the most successful. I would think so. You know, because yeah. that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And to be able to have expanded that for our city, I think was huge because it's not only something that can be taken advantage of you know, once or twice, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that'll stay with now the council for the long term until another council decides they no longer want to allow that. Right. I mean, um, yeah, I bet you've seen some great uh, feedback from the the city, right, from the public that they're, they're appreciative of that, right? Oh, absolutely. Because now, you know, like I said, they can come to us at any time. Yeah. Uh, even if it's an item that's an action item that night. Yeah. And awesome. they know that, you know, they're going to have a platform and that, you know, we'll at least hear them out prior to taking any action. Nice. Awesome. All right, with the uh, second term coming up, um, you got some big goals and probably some things that you're still working on from your first term. What, yeah. what are some of those things that you're excited to keep uh, working on and hopefully keep working on you know, if you get reelected? Well, sure. Uh, I think our debt reduction strategy okay. is one that I want to see us continue forward with. Okay. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work to get ourselves in a better position than we were when I first came on council. Yep. Uh, we were near $300 million in debt then. Wow. Uh, we've worked it down by about $29 million now. So you went from 300 to... You can't say now only twenty nine million because that's well, still a lot, but you've reduced it over two hundred million, two hundred fifty million dollars. Well, I, I, that's what we've reduced it by. Oh, we're still you, you've taken at, thirty million dollars off the off two, of that. So you're, we're still at two seven because I was going to say 
reducing it by 200 million. Yeah, you, no, you, we're you, still but, we're still up there, but, but and that's why I want to continue to. Right, I mean, 30 million in four years is quite. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment, I would think so too. Right, I mean. Oh, absolutely. Right. It, I mean, we were able to accumulate that so much quicker than what it takes to reduce it. Right. So now it's kind of the long haul. Right. And you know, it's just making sure that though we're we're making progress, that we don't kind of lose sight of our ultimate goal, and it's to just make sure that we're a fiscally strong community into right. the future, and that we have opportunities, whatever those might be. Right. Um, you know, because. Anytime, you know, you can have an emergency that's going to require us to, you know, per, perhaps repair infrastructure or anything right. like yeah. that, you know, or you may have a, a, a business that's looking for a community to call home and it might require a little more commitment from the city. And if we have those resources available, you know, it just allows us to I mean, position ourselves better. It's the same as your personal, right? It's good to have like a rainy day fund in case your car breaks down, you know, but yeah. I mean, you guys, the city's just on a larger scale than your at home personal, you know, account. But I mean, sure. that's awesome. I mean. It's good that, you know, those are things that people definitely don't want to know about. Their, well, I'm sorry, they don't want to not know, but they want to know that we're improving quality of life and the way of how we help other community members out, you know, with well, yeah. businesses and stuff. So. For sure. And, you know, and, and debt is kind of a funny thing yeah. because it, in some degree it's kind of the the needed mm-hmm. uh, thing out there because a lot of projects won't get done if you don't invest in them. And some of it requires issuance of some debt. but. Right. You know, in order for our community to be successful, we got to make sure that it's not only viable, but it's got to be affordable as right. well. Yeah. And, you know, when we have so many in our community that are on fixed incomes and, you know, right. don't have the extra means, you know, we always got to be mindful of that and be careful that we don't overextend ourselves because ultimately we just pass it on to those families. Right. And uh, at the end, if, if they're not able to be successful, then, you know, is the city really successful as well? Right. No, that makes it's total totally sense. Not, so. It makes total sense for yeah. sure. Um so with with this job, you know, there's a lot of long nights, you know, a lot of time away from your family. You know, I highly, I mean, I could be wrong, but I highly doubt people are walking up to you, you know, and saying thank you, you know, to you. Um, you know, obviously they might, but um, what what motivates you to keep going? Like, what's motivating you to keep moving forward in the second term, you know? Sure. Well, like all things, you know, when you join the city council, and I think this would go for any council member, I mm-hmm. think you always want to leave the city in a better position than it was when you started. Okay. And I think, you know, for me, that's really what motivates me is because as my kids continue to grow older. Sure. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, they have every opportunity to be successful in life. And and if they totally grow up in Dubuque and and love this place, and I want them to stay here. Right. It's a great community. And I think that's what ultimately we want to see. We want to see more families call Dubuque home. Right. And I think it all starts with what we can offer them. You know, again, making sure it's, it's viable, it's livable, affordable. And all of those things, and I think we all play a big part in that. And it's not just at the city level perspective. You know, sure. that takes a lot of partners within our community, and I think it just takes everyone working together to accomplish that. Right. And and I still want to be part of that. I think awesome. it's 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 just a it's a commitment that you know you do have some that will come up to you and thank you, especially when when you've helped them out with the need that they've had. Right. Uh, but ultimately, they know that you know as long as there's a voice on that council that's listening to them and making the best decisions possible. Right. And they know that they're looking at every item. Uh, I think that's all they ask. Just that you know we're we're open and and that's good. That yeah. we listen to them. No, that makes sense. I mean, it definitely feels like I you know I don't know the whole political structure, but you would think your councilman like yourself and the other council people you know feel more closer to that part of their their wards right in their community because they're there they're spokesmen for that you know small niche that city area you know? right sure. am i right am i on that um, no no you're right and and i think that's kind of the uh the beauty of the ward system right as i know you know in in some degree you know that might hinder some things 
Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we were there as a group. You know, we got to make decisions that are for the betterment of the city as a whole. Right. But at the same time, there are certain initiatives, certain things that might impact one segment of the city more than others. Sure. And we're just there to make sure that if you live in those areas, right. that at least you're heard and, and that your needs are being uh, considered. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we got a lot of things going on. You know, we got, you know, your reelection coming up. And uh, next week, uh, uh, you have a fundraiser, which is actually at our event center. We are, uh, we're the facility. So you can have a uh, meet and greet and some uh, some food and some beer, I think, right, going on? Yes. yes. What's, uh, so give us uh, give the audience a little bit more details about what's going on. Well, sure. Uh, so the event will be from 4 to 7. Yep. And we welcome anyone in the community, uh, others in War 2, to come out and join us. Uh, basically, you'll have the opportunity to spend some time with myself, uh, learn a little bit about my campaign, kind of what we're up to as a city, yep. uh, some of the things we'd like to see into the future. Yep. And at the same time, you'd have the opportunity to uh, make a contribution to the campaign, volunteer if you'd like, okay. and just talk about how we can make Dubuque the better community that we want to see. It's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, 4 to 7, and then I think, what, between 4.30 and 6, it's uh, food and beer, all that you can drink, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, $20 or $25? What's... Um, I believe it's 20. 20? Okay. what we settled on. We'll have more details. Yeah, I know tonight we're working on that afterwards <laughs> right. um, and everything like that. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. And then what about, after, obviously after that, um, you have a Facebook page for your councilman, for your for your journey, right? I do. I do. Uh, it's uh, Councilman Del Toro, uh, Ward 2. Okay. Uh, you can easily find that on Facebook. I also have a current campaign website. It's okay. votedeltoro.com. Okay. And you can always go there as well to learn a little bit about myself. Sweet. Uh, some of the things that we've accomplished again and, and kind of what I, my vision for the future for the awesome. city of Dubuque. We'll have those links uh, in the show notes or in the description. Um, for people, so you can definitely check that out. Um, and then obviously you want people to vote, right? November 5th, right? Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, you know, regardless of where you're at, um, I think whenever the community is engaged and they show up at the polls, um, ultimately, you know, the community wins. Right, so. exactly, awesome. Well, hey, thanks, Luis, it was nice yeah. meeting you, nice you conversation, well. and uh, cheers. cheers, good luck. Thank you, appreciate it. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. This has definitely been the loudest episode so far, but we always make it work. It was fun, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>